1: Good afternoon everyone, welcome back to the Axon Bulletin, it is Tuesday afternoon, it's another Tuesday after another Celtic victory, Um, Patrick's 36 games unbeaten in the league under Antipos de Coglu, it's less than 10 days now to go until the Champions League draw, we've just found out the the, the ticket price for anybody that's maybe not caught that news there, that's just come out, The, the package is £129 for season ticket holders which I think works out at... 43 quid a game Um, So if you're a season ticket holder Check that out And it's all go in the transfer market That is our ticker tape headline We see the name there Siad Haxabanovich in Chris Julian out The Ange revolution continues We'll get right into it with our ticker tape First please if you're on the comments Get into them Please fire in your questions Anything else you want to maybe say And we'll get them up We'll be talking about transfers. I'm sure we'll touch on a game at the weekend against Hearts and we'll look forward to the game at Tannadice next week. I'm sure we can also spend a bit of time on St Mirren with a 30 quid voluntary ticket scheme and you might even want to touch on Robbie Nielsen's disappointment at Kevin Clancy's refereeing performance. If there's anything else we can get into, please do let us know in the comments. Patrick, Said Haxabanovich, let's go to him first. Um, Update earlier on from Football Scotland, Mark Kendry, who tweeted just before 12 o'clock saying that he was in Glasgow. Um, Celtic hope to tie the deal up this week and he has been in London, I think the past week, round about the weekend, but things have moved very, very quickly. We heard what Anne said on Sunday. We know he doesn't usually talk about players. This one looks all but done, but we're always a wee bit Worried to say anything too much before we see them and white hoops, as we've learned that lesson with David Turnbull before.
2: Yes, absolutely. And thankfully we got him over the line eventually. Um, but, you know, it's, it's always a good sign when a manager's willing to address a player. Um, when he's asked about him in the press, it obviously means there's something to it. The manager's obviously quite confident it will happen. Obviously it's not done till it's done, um, as we've seen with David Turnbull. But, um, you know, I'm just looking at what you've retweeted here. You know, I think he was in London, I think he came on either Sunday or Monday. He's in Glasgow now, and Celtic are turning their their attention to get a Yeti out the door, which is just, it's all good news really, isn't it? Um, I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about the player. Not even seen the YouTube highlights, but, you know, we seem to have got it wrapped up quite quickly. Um, The team that he's at, he seemed to be gutted to be losing him. And, you know, if Ange trusts him as a person and, and as a player, then... You know, hopefully he's at least a promising sign if not a first team starter.
1: Yeah, it was interesting. At the weekend I, I caught up with Daniel Kristofferson who broke the, the story. He's a Swedish journalist based in Stockholm and he, he gave me the kind of lowdown in uh Hask and he you know he spoke about this player that had came through the ranks in Sweden. Sweden were really disappointed that he, he chose to, to play for Montenegro over Sweden. He was born a Swedish player, um, he played right through I think up until under 21s for the national team, then opted for, for Montenegro so that actually has changed the, the Swedish FA's approach to the way that they bring players through and the, the, the chances that they basically get, he's one of the guys that, that stopped that he's had I think three different teams uh, over in, in Sweden before it. he merited that move out to Kazan he obviously got his big move to the Premier League but he was too young at the time, I think he was only 19 or so when he moved to West Ham, didn't really make a breakthrough there. I think he only made one competitive start um, for for the Hammers. So, yeah, he he sees this as a a deal that that fits. He said he's a player that is hungry. He has a desire to get better. He wants to improve. He wants to play European football. And also, Patrick asked him about Jordan Larson, who was a name that we'd spoken about on the podcast. Um, And he actually said that he believes he's got more qualities than Jordan Larson as a player, which I found really, really interesting and he still thinks that he can develop, so it all seems very good. And, you know, I, I want to kind of go back to Chris Sutton's article um, from the record on Saturday, which I thought was really interesting. I like to read by Chris's stuff, and he'd said that Celtic are no longer in the position where Brendan Rogers was at in January 2019, where he says, you know, we've got a million wingers and we signed Marion and Shved. This signing also seems to me as if it's got a bit of secession succession plan in it. Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, we've... We've we probably got three wingers now that we're rotating constantly, three wingers that are good enough to get in the team, um, and that obviously being Jota, and Maeda and Abada. And then, you know, in, a, in a, a second level, underneath that, you've got guys like Forrest who can come in, and then you get Mikey Johnson and stuff as well. So, I mean, we've got plenty of wingers, it's just about their quality, um, and obviously succession planning. You know, Jota's probably someone we're looking to get a fee for. Um is, he's not too old, but he's not too young either. You know, he's not one of these promising youngsters. Um, a bad, a bit of a promising youngster, but then there's always murmurs of us uh, potentially selling him. I think Newcastle was the club a few months ago. So, uh, if we can bring this player in and he can sort of break into the team this season, you know, you know, you sort of dread it, but the day that Ange leaves, this is a guy who might still be here, who might be hitting top form just as Ange is walking out the door. Um, so... Yeah, you, you need to buy these guys, you need to buy these assets that you know, next summer you can sell a player bring to, and the following summer you can sell a player bring to and keep the model going. Um and, you know, if uh, the you know, the Swedish journalist you spoke to thinks he could be that then it's perfect for Celtic.
1: Yeah, Daniel Kristofferson was very um, complimentary of him and he said basically when the interest came he dropped everything and he wanted to move right away. So he's definitely keen on it and um hopefully we can get that one over the line just getting to some of these comments here. Michael McDonald's came in to say a happy birthday to Sean Ryder who is 60 today. He didn't think he would make it and he's saying after to both of us. Just to remind you, Michael, if you haven't already, a state of mind do have an audience with the Happy Mondays man um on the 18th of November at the Barras Art and Design uh place down the Barras Down in Glasgow. So I think tickets are still on sale for that. So if you haven't already checked it out please do um, what's the reported fee is the question here from everything I've read and from what I know Patrick, I think we're going to get him in a bit of a cheap deal, I don't know if you read what Ruben Kazan's uh, chief uh, executive said last week but I think the club are really struggling at this point in time due to all the sanctions placed upon them um, they need the money and, and Celtic aren't going to be paying anywhere near I think the 6 million euros that Ruben Kazan had paid uh, for the player and he was out at your gardens on loan there and there was a potential for it to go back to to your gardens but you know uh, from everything that Daniel Christopherson spoke to me about that the player wanted to play Champions League football and he believed that he was too good now for the Swedish League so it's an interesting one to see um, Brown Warrior usual Tuesday contributors came in here to see he seems very right footed for a left-sided player apparently he can play across the front line so play back up and attack if true Patrick, that is going to be something that's going to be a real benefit. We know he can play in both sides of the wing and as an attacking midfielder. And just as I say that, Lawrence Conley joins us there. Lawrence, good afternoon. We're talking. See attacks. Sabanovic looks as if he's going to happen. Just talking there about his flexibility, He can play in both wings and an attacking midfielder. He seems very much in the Ange Coglu mould. Yeah, listen about competition for Matt Riley
3: and that attacking role, isn't it? Attacking midfield it's good to have options it makes us flexible on the pitch you know and we're getting a a decent price another player I mean Jens has looked good since he came in you know he didn't have a great season last season but you know perhaps it's another player's career that Ange can improve hopefully
1: yeah and he's still young to to improve him 23 years of age there's still plenty in the tank there and also, it could be one of these ones that it looks at Celtic as a possible stepping stone. Obviously, he's had that move to the Premier League. It's not worked out. He might want a bit of redemption, but we see the same story with Yusuke Adaguchi. But he'll come here and, you know, like all the other positions across the park, Patrick, we've got healthy competition in it, and it'll only further push guys like Diz Jota and Abada. And possibly even yeah. Matt O'Reilly, as Lawrence touched on there.
2: Yeah, I mean... I think Ange said, you know, during the summer and early this season you need to constantly keep move, moving. And that's why we brought um well it's why we're bringing everyone to the club really. Um you know, to constantly keep players, you know, on their toes, adapting. You know, the coaching staff is changing all the time, the squad's changing all the time. There's no there's never really any nailed down positions. You know, we've seen a lot of the top players, Kyogo, Jota, you know, McGregor, Carter Vickers. You've seen these guys keep their place in the team. But there's other guys who come in and out and it's it just goes to show that the no 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 one's position is ever safe. You know, you need to keep on adapting and improving and sticking with Anj's system if you were to keep your place in, in the Celtic team these days. And uh, you know, Has he wants to come here to play Champions League football. You know, if you're being realistic, unless we get a really favourable draw, we're probably only be only going to be playing six games in the Champions League. And he's just coming in, you know, I think two weeks before the first match day. So He'll need to really hit the ground running if he wants to play you know, two or three games um, because, you know, uh, Jota and Maeda, they've sort of made that position their own. I mean, they'll need to stay on their toes as well, but it looks hard to dislodge them. You know, you know, Abada looks a very promising player and he's been kept out of the team. So competition for places is really, really high at the moment and it's a great thing for Celtic, but it obviously uh, poses a challenge for Haskavanovic.
1: Yeah, it does and due to the fact he's not played a lot of football yet. I don't know what his pre-season's been like. Um, I know he did return to... I think he's been in Sweden much like Jordan Larson was before he got that move to, to Schalke. So he would probably be training himself but it will take maybe a maybe bit of time to get up to speed too. So, you know, probably not going to be anywhere near fit to, to, to play match day one in the Champions League but we'll just wait and see in that one. Um, but, but Lawrence, you know, with the Champions League... We've got the League Cup next uh, Wednesday, uh, our first game in that against Rose County. Celtic's going to be competing in four competitions and it is imperative that we have a big squad to do that. And again, I think this guy just adds adds a real good bit of versatility to your your team that you've maybe not got too much around the park. We know that maybe a guy like Abada can play on the right-hand side and go through the middle. But with with Haxibanevic, you get a completely different um, prospect here. Yeah,
3: definitely need the flexibility. Be interested to see what he brings. How close he has to starting you know, when he gets he, his minutes. Uh, what does it do for Jamesy e. Forrest? You, you, you know, uh, he's probably further on the fringe with, with, with this signing, but yeah, it's, it's welcome to get an attacking player. I thought we lacked a wee bit of a spark at the weekend. Yeah. albeit we didn't get it first year you know, kind of. But that was really comfortable against Hearts, but. We could have done just maybe a bit of up and we'll talk about it post match. Maybe O'Reilly does need a bit of competition for his
1: attacking midfield position. Yeah, but people think, you know, Tom Rodgick who I think's been linked most recently with I moved to, to Everton, I wouldn't wish that in the poor soul. Um you know, since the departing maybe people say we've not replaced a player in that even though O'Reilly looks like he is ready made replacement, but obviously towards the end of that season with a bit of Depth in, in that position that you do have that, um, but it will be interesting. You know, I, I think James Forrest Patrick. I know he's not been flavour of the month with yourself for a, a while now. Lawrence talks about him being in the fringes here. It probably does make him even more on the fringes. where a guy like Svetak Sabanovic coming in. I think you'll still get game time under Ange Postacoglu this season. But probably at the stage of career that he's at, he's not you know like Mikey Jones where he did in game time. He's probably quite happy. He's on that extended deal to, to just be a squad player and be part of the Celtic squad rather than be looking to probably get minutes in the park.
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, I think he'll know himself his position. I'm sure Andrew, have made it clear to him. You know, under Angie's he's never really been a starter. Um, I don't think he started three or four games in a row. You know, he came off the bench twice and scored twice. You know, in that League Cup semi final against St. John'son, and then oh no, that's wrong. Uh, he started Livingston, mm-hmm. away, didn't he? Aye, he scored the winner, aye, but aye, and he aye, Livingston in March, and he got his aye win. Aye, because I thought he came on and scored, but he started Um aye, I'm sure he knows himself, you know he's 31, <laughs> um, you know com- in comparison to 31 we've got three young winners um, and then you've obviously got Mikey Johnson coming through, um, so he knows that he'll be getting game time, he came on against Kilmarnock, of course, and uh, you know, he's, he's played a lot of games for Celtic, He scored a lot of goals and, um yeah, he, he's got what he's wanted. He's got a three-year deal, uh, three years left in his deal. Probably on less money, but I'm sure you know it will still be a, a handsome wage. And, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, James Forrest will definitely get games. It's just uh, the days of him starting regularly under Rodgers and Lennon, I, I think those days are gone.
1: Yeah, but listen, it's uh, it's fun to keep an eye on. You don't know what can happen with injuries and, and whatnot. He's still there. He's still a part of the squad. But, Lawrence, would you also... I agree with that but with James Forrest he probably knows that he's placed within the squad and he's just happy to contribute probably much like James McCarthy at this point in time
3: yeah could be I mean James Forrest modern day legend scoring debut against Motherwell off the bench you know he's done just about everything at Celtic Uh, one man club Uh, he's no desire to leave I think he's happy just to be there yeah and contribute when he can you know, he's reliable, he's got experience, we'll probably need that throughout the season.
1: But when you play a lot of games, he will feature at times for Celtic, no doubt about it.
3: Yeah, yeah. I can't see him really making a start 11, but you don't know. He, he's, he's probably been a lot of people wrong in his career, James Forrest. You know? There's been a lot of uh, times that Forrest's career <laughs>
1: has been over. fainted when you seen that, by the way.
3: <laughs> it is. He always seems to... Yeah, to, to turn it on, James, and you know, big games. So it's he's done it before. Prove people wrong, but yeah, I don't see him being a starting eleven, and not on an every matchday squad. But he's been a great servant to the club. Happy to have him around. Must be great experience for the boys coming in as well. Tell them what Celtic's all about. You know, you need that addressing, don't you? you? You do need people know the club and know the standards that, that are demanded at Celtic.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's important to have those guys in our dressing room, guys like Forrest, Callum McGregor, and guys who I'm sure Anthony Nelson will become, or is becoming, one of those uh, men very quickly. Patrick, one man who does regularly start for Celtic that Anthony, in our comments, doesn't believe should be starting for Celtic is Dyson Maeda. I want to come to you in this comment here. He believes that he shouldn't mm. be starting for Celtic, but going on his first four games, it's three assists for Dyson Maeda. I think he's integral to Postecoglou's system and he's certainly a stick-on for me to start. What's your thoughts on this?
2: Um, I wouldn't say he's a stick-on. He's definitely within those three players that I mentioned earlier, though. You know, it's between him, Jota and Abada. Um, you know, you've seen Maeda start on the left uh, and then Jota's kind of out of position on the right. You know, Jota definitely prefers to play in the left. And then at the weekend, there uh, you've seen Jota on the left again and Maeda on the right. And Maeda gets his assist anyway. You know, he helped open the scoring. Uh, at Rugby Park, cutting it to Kyogo, done the exact yes. same thing again Two assists at Rugby Park, yep Aye, aye, but I'm talking about the opening goal and then yep. he's done the same, same again against Taking an of
1: idea from different sides by the way too, which aye. shows that to tell it, that he's got over a badder at this point in yeah.
2: Uh huh. Um And you know, he's, he's definitely the fastest player in the squad I mean, it's ridiculous how fast he is and the athleticism that he has, you know, I think Anne spoke to I think it was uh, Mark Schwartzer, the old uh, Australian goalkeeper, played for Chelsea. Um, I've probably butchered that last name. But it, he said even he's surprised at how fast he is and how, how, how many times he can go and accelerate again. And he just keeps on going and keeps on running. You know, he's never seen a player like it. So even Ange is surprised by how good he is in that department. And, you know, he's not... He's not the most he's got the most natural of touches. You know, he's not... Um, not a, a you know, y a typical number nine, you know, we've seen him played up top, you know, sort of February, March period, and he's not your typical striker, but he offers you something totally different. And I don't think there's a player in Scotland like Maeda Um there's certainly no one in Scotland as fast as him. Um and you know, with him and Kyogre leading the line. I don't I can't see him sitting back in the Champions League. I think we're going to play our game and press from the front and him and Kyogre are going to be absolutely integral to trying to close teams down, especially teams that are of a similar level to us, you know, those three teams that were going to try and be beaten to that third place spot. Um, so no, I think Maeda, mm. top player and definitely worthy of a, of a starting place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Lawrence, what's your take on this? Maeda last season, 22 appearances, eight goals, five assists. Currently, um, this season, he's averaging an assist every 74 minutes. He plays for Celtic and he seems a flavour with our commenters at this point in time. Um, Michael Ross coming in the comments to say believes that Maeda will prove his worth counter-attacking away in the Champions League. Dermot's came in here to say that Maeda runs them ragged, sets up goals. Um, Ross also come in to say he really likes a badder, but he doesn't offer the same to the team as Maeda. Uh, JR in the comments is saying Europe won't have seen anything like Maeda. He'll get one player sent off minimum and Egyptian King, another usual Tuesday contributor, saying Maida offers more to that Celtic team uh, that no one knows. I don't know why he gets so much stick. Lawrence, I don't know why he gets so much stick. What's your thoughts on this? Listen, I'd I, I
3: say that Ange's got favourites Maida's is definitely one of them. Uh, but you know, It's a scored game, especially the, the front six. There's no doubt he contributes. You know, It, it epitomises we don't stop. You know, he, he's like a jury bunny, isn't he? he? Just time after time closing down. I mean, that one taking taken the ball off Hardy the weekend. He's just, he no right to get them. But obviously, Hardy wasn't aware enough before, you know, made us taking the ball off him and put up a park. It's, yeah. Listen, players are going to get stuck. Football's all about opinions, isn't it? Some people will prefer a badder. You know, a badder's numbers have got to be frightening. <laughs> you know, another young player. But, Definitely lends to lends to the team and to the squad me either. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see him in the Champions League. See how effective he is at closing down there. See if he catches anyone off guard or Yeah. You know. Yeah. With a starting every week, you know, I, I think it's gonna be horses for courses, but I'd expect to see him get minutes every week.
1: Yeah, I'd expect to see him get minutes every week. I think he's an integral part of Ange Postacoglu's team. And Colin Watts came in here to say that he believes that Mede still got a second game, still get plenty more speed and running on him. Patrick, come to you and Daisa um After talking to Jota um, after the Aberdeen game, I'd asked about that interchangeability he's got with Daisa which I think is something that's become really key to Ange Postacoglu. It's something we maybe scoffed at a wee bit under Neil Lennon, you know when you're facing a wee bit of hard time, switch the wingers. But it's something Mm. Ange does in games regularly and it certainly works for us. And I think, you know, those two players going at any eh, full-back, it it puts a lot of fear into them if you're playing against either or of them.
2: Yeah. um, You know, Jota's got his sort of tricks and his skills and, you know, obviously a bit of pace as well Then Maeda. You know, those five to ten yard sprints, he's he's beaten anyone in Scotland, I think. Um, And, you know, the, the fast interplay... And know that the, the passing exchanges and the triangles and um, you know the the way that we play football, you stand a good chance of beating players anyway. If you throw in, you know, the fastest player in Scotland into that, um you stand a really good chance of, you know, beating your man and getting a few seconds to get a really good crossing. Uh, and, you know, that is the way we play. And then you've got clinical guys like Kyle go in the box and then you've got guys like O'Reilly running in. So, you know, it really does bode well and um you know, Short and Maeda are two guys that we've we've only really just signed. I mean, technically, we've both just signed them in the summer, so you'd expect to have them in the team for at least another year or two before we. You know, Jota's is the one you're probably going to try and make money on. Maeda, um, I'm not too sure. You know, he he could just follow Ange for the rest of his career, but um, I, I think it's two fantastic players to have, and then when you saw in Hanks Ivanovic coming in, bad on the bench. And then guys like we're talking about, Forrest, and maybe even Mikey Johnson. You know, you've got three guys for every position. And you've got three guys who, in Scotland, are good enough to, to, to beat, uh, you know, 10 teams out of 11. So, you're in a very comfortable position.
1: Yeah, m- moving on from that, Mikey Johnson is one of the names that does look as if he's going to go out on loan. Um, I was listening to, to Peter Grant last week on Go Radio who says he believes that the player still has a lot of potential there, but he does need game times at the point he's at to try and prove his worth, and he's a run of games. You know, Ange Postacoglu was very complimentary um, of Mikey Johnson, I think, last week in one of his post-match, saying he's got a lot of potential, he's a good quality player, but he does need a run of game times. So, again, that was another uh, update. Lawrence from from Mark Hendry from Football Scotland saying that Mikey Johnson is still considering his loan options um, as where to go. believe there are a good few clubs hoping to bring him in I think that would really benefit Mikey Johnson. What about you? I think you're still on mute right there. I'll take you off mute. Sorry about that.
3: So start he again. Burst, he burst onto the scene, didn't he? You know, first two seasons, twenty-four appearances each season. Was it six goals, somewhere thereabouts? And since then it's really been hampered by injury. He's gonna to need to play number one, we he if he's gonna be be able to avoid injury and, and get kind of you know to that, even if it's 25 games a season, Mark, if he's going to be able to deliver that and deliver it on his promise because you know he's an exciting player. But with the amount of people in front of him, he, he's not going to get that look on our games here. And uh, maybe another player that maybe should be thinking about loaning over in a few bits is, is Stephen Welsh. What we're we going to do with him because he seems to be falling further down the pecking order. He's at the age that he needs game time to develop. I think you know he's got. He could be one for the future, but I don't think this season we're going to give him enough games. So he's maybe another one I will look to get on loan, get another centre half in. But you know, on a loan option. I know, but Chris is away, or looks to be away. But I think he's he's been miles out of the picture for a while now. But yeah, I think Mikey needs to go on loan, and just look, you know, away from the the glory lights at Celtic, and try and get a
1: decent season under his belt Yeah he certainly needs that um, we'll come to Chris Julian because I think that's one of the most uh, major ones that we need to talk about in terms of the, the wages it's probably been on, Lawrence you've touched on him being out the picture for a long time at it, Celtic now, um, but Patrick I know you were a, a big Mikey Johnson fan for a long time up until you know probably his latest uh, injury issues I definitely think at this point in time he does need game time and although I would be you know, in favour of what Lawrence is saying about Stephen Welsh needing game time I think for the UEFA Champions League squad he's going to need to be one of these ones that we need to have in there um, and I don't think Celtic will be making a, a centre half a priority so I do think that Stephen Welsh will, uh, will get some game time throughout the season but definitely need cover in there um, I know Lawrence is saying it's not a case of shipping Welsh out and not bringing in cover he would like to see you know, as gate cover in that position but I think for, for certainly Mikey Johnson who's a wee bit older than Stephen Welsh at this point in time we need to see him go out and have a full season and then it gives Ange Postecoglou that option that he might be able to bring him back. Um we've seen guys like Ryan Christie, Christopher Eyer, there's a list of, of Celtic players who have went out, whether it's in Scotland or elsewhere, did well, came back and made their, their place in the Celtic starting eleven. Johnson's never really had that run of games and potentially as time goes on um getting Mikey Johnson out in a loan deal might, you know, improve his chances of getting into that Celtic first team possibly next year.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of problems with Mikey Johnson. He, you know, he's he's not quite as physical as maybe you'd want him to be. Um, I think his decision making is quite poor. I think he, he's quite naturally gifted. I think he's get. Uh, I think he's. It he can be a brilliant footballer at times. It's just decision making isn't quite there. You know, I think he's probably overthinking things. I mind mean, he was one on one with the keeper against um, Vial Betis, and he squares it instead of having a shot because you know he's just. Trying to do the right thing all the time, and he just needs to—I don't know—be himself. I suppose. Um, he he got a little bit of a run this season. You know, he played a few games in December, played a few games in February, and then I think it was that Scottish Cup game against Reith. Um, You know, he, I think he'd done himself an injury, and that was him for the season. Um, but I think you know, I think we're all in agreement. You know, the guy needs game time. He needs to play a full season. Um, he got a few games towards the end of Brendan Rodgers's. You know. So our stint as manager, uh, when Lennon first came in, he was playing for him a wee bit, and then El Messi comes in, he doesn't really get another game. Um, so I think Alun could definitely do the, the world a good, um, because it's hard to see gets reg- reg- a regular game for Celtic without becoming, you know, the reincarnation of Lionel Messi. And uh, I think he needs to bulk up anyway, and in a totally new environment. I think you know, you never know how players can react to that. I think it'd be good for him.
1: No, not at all. And I think you know, Mikey Johnson's probably one of these guys that's a bit of a confidence player too and needs that run of games. Uh, Lawrence, Brown Waters came in came in the comments to say that he thinks that Ange believes he has the ability. Certainly his comments um, would suggest so, but probably needs a run of games to prove himself. He believes that Hibs would be a good fit for him uh, in loan. Would you rather see a player like Mikey Johnson stay within Scotland um, and go to a team like Hibbs? or would you maybe rather see? I know the, the Belgian league gets suggested as a possible destination for him would you maybe think it's a better idea to get him out in a European league
3: I think it's the type of team I think he needs to play in an attacking team that's going to get plenty of the ball you know it'd be good if he stayed in Scotland and uh, you know he can hurt our rivals as well Because he's definitely got a goal and he's a dangerous player but yeah it's about get number one get Max, in the type of team it's got to be an attacking team that's got plenty of the ball his dad's people want want to see for Mikey. That's the, if he's going to do it and he does it there, he'd be coming back to a similar situation here. So whether it's Scotland or Belgium wouldn't really bother me. It's you know, if it's Scotland, you'd want somebody that's going to be going for top six that's going to attack and brand of football. If it's Belgium, again, you you, you want i going to a manager that believes in attacking style of football, playing in a team that's the place that attacking style and uh, it's challenging. But it's got a bit of pressure on them. Uh, there's no point in going to. I, I think staying in, the, in Scotland going to. I don't know, Camanachd or St. Mamma or Ross County. I, I don't think that. Don't
1: seem to be Kelly. Him. He's not that bad.
3: Yeah, you know, it's, it's like was it you and Henderson we put to, to Ross County. That was a weird move, wasn't it? You know. Yeah, it was so, a strange one. Yeah. Yeah, so there'd, there'd be no point kind of doing something like that again. Yeah. So whether it's here or abroad. I think Mike has got to think where he's going to be happy and, and how it's going to benefit his football. Because moving abroad's a big step for anyone, isn't it? You know, I don't know, maybe he's a homeboy. If he could get Hibs, yeah, I think that would be a brilliant fit for him. You know, he might learn some tricks off McGeady, who knows? Yeah, Ed
1: McGeady, who's a lot more composite than his uh, fellow Skyports pundits at the weekend. Patty, obviously Martin Boyle's going back there from what I watched on Saturday sorry. Hibs, you know, apart from Martin Boyle, I think majority of the team didn't actually know as, as if they looked like what they were doing. Um up until the opposition but down to nine men. But that that would be an interesting so one. Hubs seem to have a, a, a flurry of wingers and at this point in time I've yet to see too much from Hubs it would suggest they maybe have a good season. So I don't know if it'd be another you know style of football or, you know, playing in somewhere like Belgium or wherever, would maybe suit Mikey Johnson to to, to go to. Um It'd be quite an interesting one to see, but it's certainly one who I think.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for.
4: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all, every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
1: We need to see out in our games room, and I think Ange Postacoglu is still holding some hope that he can go out there, prove himself and then bring him back, and again, it kind of goes back to that succession planning that I was talked about earlier. We say, Taksa you know, Celtic players will eventually be moved on um, at one point. We hope that isn't quickly at all, but it's a reality that it will happen, and players like this, if you can go out and prove he's selling breakthrough properly, um, we are saying breakthrough because he's not really had that big run of games and a Celtic team that he's needed, then, you know, we'll just wait and see what happens with him, won't we? But there you're still on mute. You'll need to unmute yourself.
2: Yeah, there you go. Me and Lawrence both done it. Um I it's I think he's older now than what eh, Tierney was when he left for Arsenal. So, you know, every player's timeline is different. You know, McGregor never made an appearance until he was twenty one, so every player's timeline is different. But he's sort of been in and around the squad for about five years now. You know, he made his debut and I think it was May twenty seventeen, so that was five years ago. Um I think he's naturally gifted. Obviously, Ange thinks there's something there. It's just a matter of a, you know, staying an injury-free and, and having the right attitude and applying yourself. And, you know, I, I don't think, you know, I, I could be making this up, but I don't think Mikey's too keen and alone. I think he'd rather stay at Celtic. But, you know, he's not going to get the game time here and he needs to just apply himself el- elsewhere and then hopefully can, can challenge for a place next season. Um, because, you know, I think we... Was it Standard Liege he was linked with? And, you know, Ronnie's a the manager there now. Yeah. Well, Standard Liege in if, Belgium anyway. I don't know if that was
1: just a, you know, let's put two and two together because, Aye. you know, former Celtic Aye. manager, current Celtic player looking for a loan deal. But, yeah, listen, Standard Liege would probably be quite a good fit for him, to be honest. Aye. We know Ronnie Dial is quite a record of developing players.
2: Well, just look at what he done with McGregor and Tierney. You know, he's he's obviously got a decent, decent record there, so... And it's obviously someone that Celtic trust as well. You know they might not trust them with a manager's job and get results for the the club, but you know developing a young player, um, you know I think I think Ronnie could do a good job there. So, I it would be interesting to see what happens over the next what is it nine days of the window.
1: Yeah, it's something like that. I know it's been extended now to the first of September. I think it was meant to be the 31st of July obviously Celtic are going to play um up and down next Wednesday you wouldn't want Big Ann having to get his phone out um, to try and do any last minute business I'm telling I'll be in a Yeti to, to, to bolt down the road to try and get a, a flight I don't know I think Inverness Airport's is probably the, the, the closest place to uh, Victoria Park so we don't want any of that but we've got that wee extra bit of time so hopefully the guys that we want out the door are be you know, by that time and they've got their, their future sorted out um We'll come to the man in a ticker tape that um has reported that Chris Julian looks set. Lawrence to, to make that move to Montpellier. Um, it looks as if it might be a permanent deal at this point in time. Um, we know that the, the Shalka deal, it looked as though that Celtic may have sent him in a loan and would have that trigger option to, to get a year off him. But it's possible he might be heading to Montpellier in a free. But I, again, I think that's important able to get him as a big earner off the wage bill?
3: It was in a fee, and we've got know, maybe a year left in his contract. It's about a million pound in it. You know, I think it's only about 19 grand a year. I thought we should have been trying to get him out on loan in, you know, last December, January, but we didn't. And, you know, we've not managed the asset particularly well, I don't think. Seven million signing. Yeah, nothing back from all. All we're going to do is free up that year's liability on his his wages the great player they came in for this, you know for a goal centre half goal every six games unfortunately you know that, that injury you know we we're, were winning that game as well against Nunday United and you know you just want to, to keep the clean sheet injures himself and yeah the end of his Celtic career isn't it uh, but you look at the centre halves we've got now you know best defence in the league last season yes looks more comfortable left-hand side centre-half than, than any of the others that have seen play there. So, I don't think he'll be missed, you know, the Julian off today. You know, if it was the Julian off two and a half years ago, he'd definitely lend something to the team, but he's played so well. football, hasn't he? Uh, if I was a Montpellier fan, you know, a free transfer, it's probably a risk worth taking, isn't it? You know, and, and, and Julian, you know, he's back home to France. He, he, he'd be happy to get game time again. That's what you'll be looking for, isn't it? He's stage in his career. He knows he needs to get to get fit, get game time, and prolong, prolong his career.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Patrick. we've only seen him feature once under Ange, um, a 15 minute cameo. I think against gets Rovers. Um Supposedly, from everything we've read in French press, he's been fit since since January, but he's obviously been completely out of the picture. He did feature very briefly for Celtic um, in the pre season this year. I think that was probably down to. Carl Starfield not being there, Moritz Shades, not being in the door um, it looks as if it was all over for him a long time ago and Montpellier have been very very far from these tests, from French reports this morning, he was doing 24 hours worth of tests so that they're certainly um, you know, paying their due diligence with him but you know, I think as Lawrence says this is probably a good fit for him, it goes back to a league where he made his impact um, with Dion, Auxerre and um, um, to lose where they left it to come to Celtic and it's a league you know as well and I hope to go back there at 29 get game time and you know maybe try and get his career back on track a bit.
2: Yeah that's the hope, um, you know as Lawrence said the, the Julian of two and a half years ago you'd be gutted to let him go, you'd probably want about 10 million from him, but the Julian of today you know he's been out the team for a year and a half. You just don't know if these guys are the same player. Uh, He's probably not suited to Andrew's system either. Um, And I think it's just best for all parties if he moves on. You know, we're never going to recoup the seven million, but we can save ourselves a million on wages if we get him out the door just now. And, um, you know, as I say, he doesn't fit the system. There's, you know, you're you're talking about four guys ahead of him. You know, when when you think of the centre backs that we've got at our disposal, he doesn't actually come into your thinking that much. You think of Welsh his fourth choice, and then there's Julian, you know. Um, so, I best for everyone that he moves on. And, you know, I, he was a favourite of mine in the sort of nine months that he played. Um, I thought he was a brilliant player. I uh, thought he was our best centre-half. As Lawrence touched on, scored loads of goals, loads of important goals, you know, the two memorable ones, you know, Lazio and the, the League Cup final. So, he goes with my best wishes anyway and hopefully can get his, that you know, the last few years of his career uh, back on track.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to, to pick up on Frank's comments in here, Julian is in Lona. I'm just going by Le Keep today on page five. It made quite a big deal, uh, the transfer to Montpellier. They're even saying that if he does get a green light this week, he might feature uh, for them at the weekend. But it did kind of make the suggestion that there'll be absolutely no transfer fee payable. So he might just end up going there, I think, on a permanent deal. I read that in, in two separate French outlets today. I don't know how, what the deal is actually going to look like, um, but I think either way, it would just be good to get the wages um, off the list. I don't think getting asked here if Celtic actually triggered the option. I think the option uh, with Chris Gilliam is actually going to get it triggered when he got that move. So it just depends at this point in time. Um, it may be the case that the clubs just aren't willing to take him and Celtic want him shifting out the door. And I imagine, you know, Lawrence, you said about 19 grand. He might be upwards of that. You know, it's 7 million quid going in the door. So um, I think it's just important that he moves on. For the, for the benefit of himself, again, at 29, you know, he want to play football. It's not going to happen for him at Celtic at this point in time. It's unfortunate the circumstances that that's happened to him with and um, it gives us some extra money to hopefully play with. Uh, another one, uh, Laurence, I'll come to you on this, is Albion Ayeti, who again, this update this morning, said that once Haxabanovich joined this week, Celtic will turn their attention to shipping Albion Ayeti out the door. Um and they are prioritising an exit for Albin Yeti to leave the club. Um, he's basically working out at five hundred and fifty grand a goal that he's scored, which I don't think is great value for money. But again, at <laughs> five million quid that we paid for him, we're just going to need to you know cut our losses here and let him go, probably, aren't we?
3: Yeah, I mean he also made his name at Bar, didn't really do anything at West Ham. Yeah. A dubious transfer policy that time came fairly late, didn't he? And yeah, it's not worked for him. I don't think he's the type of striker that would suit Andy's system. Albeit, you know, last season, done well away against Betis. He's not going to displace Kyogo or Yakimakis. You know, it's a lot of money to pay out on a third choice striker, especially one that doesn't really fit the system. You know, even with a to going in. As I know, coming in, I'd maybe, I'd maybe still like another striker in. You know. Just uh kind of belts and braces. we at, at times last year we had both Kyogo and Marcus injured. Yeah. Maybe yet you out, maybe look at another striker. I don't think, you know, what we're done yet. There's you know, what is it, eight days left. So I don't think we're done. Yeah. Asad comes in, we've been like with a couple of players, but yeah, I'd like to
1: see another striker come in as well. Yeah, it's it's one that I think Ange might not be too fussed about Patrick because I think he's got complete trust in, in Jacko and Kyogo. We know that bad I can't play the, through the middle. You spoke earlier about Maeda even being used as a number nine um, at a point last season, although I don't think he was best suited to that position. Um, if we do get Haxabanovic in, it looks as though. Our uh, link was the the boy from Hadric Split, uh, Yanni Yani Antisoft, is that how you say his name? Um from Hadrick Split really. Celtic have been paying attention to their to their games. Um What what would you make of that? Do you think that's a position that Celtic really do need a player in? I know a lot of people swolting about getting a tough kind of tough ball playing number six in.
2: Um I don't know. I think he's what is he 22 or something and he, you know he's, I don't think he's actually in the Hatricks split first team. Um so it's a really interesting one. Uh, you know I think at some point when we've all felt like we need a sort of Onyama type player in there. You know there's even talk of Wanyama himself coming back. Um I'm not sure how a player like that fits into Angie's system. Um you know certainly in uh, European games and you know bigger games against better opponents I think you could definitely do with a player like that. But Week to week, I'm not sure a player like that is much use. Um, especially when you've already got guys, you, I mean, you've got so many guys in that position. You know, you've got James McCarthy. Um, uh, you've got Ida and Carl McGregor sort of plays that role most weeks. You know, he, he's not the, the physical sort of defensive type, but he plays in that position. Um, and Obviously, you've got a bunch of youngsters. You know, we've mentioned Scott Robertson in the past. So... And then Aaron Moy came in. He can play anywhere in the midfield, so I think it's certainly one for the future. Um, you know, if there's a good player available for the right price, then definitely sign him. You know, that's just how the model works. But I'm not sure we need a 22 year old uh, Hadjix split bench warmer. Um, but you know, I could be proven wrong. You never know.
1: Yeah, Atanasov's only played I think one time, uh, once for for North Macedonia too. So even though you know he was it came out as this, you know North Macedonian international. He only played once for the, the 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 national team. Obviously, they had a very successful uh, Euros last season. Um, but but want to keep your eye on you know I, again. I think that there's within the press, certainly that there isn't a lot of intel knowledge and in what sales they are doing until deals have progressed. You know further down the line, or are they getting any information? off for clubs, everything seems to be very much contained contained within the, the, the building Lawrence do you think I know you've said there about a, a striker I only expect after uh, a Banevic comes in that, that Celtic will likely only sign one or if not any players what would be your priority position if there is going to be a second signing coming in
3: I think we're probably in a lot better situation we're definitely in a lot better position than we were last season you know we, we really needed bodies in the door we've got competition for places now but and I think we've got the luxury where we can pick and choose as Patrick alluded to if there's a decent player there that's come available that'll add something to the squad we'll bring him in and I don't think it matters too much in the position just now it's about adding to the squad and the team and just built a really cracking squad but you know if you're to get somebody that's yeah, you know a steal for that defensive midfield position you, you need to look at it and go well actually you know Let's bring him in because financially it makes sense. He adds to the squad. He's a young player. We can develop him. What uh, one player, Patrick Touchman, Scott Robertson. What we're what we going to do with him? You know, two successful loan periods. It doesn't seem near the matchday squad. Is it time? You know, to maybe move him on and say, "Well, look, we've got to be fair to him. He's been out on loan twice. He's not getting the that at midfield position. Should we sell him and reinvest the money? You know, let him develop his career. I like him as a player." It just doesn't seem to be near, near this one now. That... Yeah, he's not
1: even featured in the back of a match Day programme, so he's definitely completely out of the picture. So again, for him, as we spoke earlier about Julian, um, and even a Yeti too, for their own good, they need to move on and get out the door. And it will free up uh, money, Patrick. In terms of, back to what we were talking about earlier, with succession planning, is that something that Celtic should be thinking about this summer, even because, you know, come January, after the World Cup, Champions League uh, group stages. If mental money is offered for players, would Celtic then be daft at that point to turn it down and maybe look towards, you know, reinvesting at the squad? Maybe hopefully, we really hope getting into either a uh, Champions League, which might be a bit of a long stretch, or, or most definitely Europa League. And that's why it's important that, that the planning's set at this point in time now. Where that if any player is to, to leave the club, you do have that back up there and you're not in a position that Lawrence spoke about where you're absolutely desperate to get bodies in and you're just getting players in for the sake of
0: it.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, the position we're in just now, you know, it's just I think Angie actually spoke about this. It was um he was talking to Sky, I think it was the day of John Hughes' funeral. Um he, he says, you know, the club are always in the market. Um they're never, you know, that's it, we're done. If there's a good player becomes available for the right price. We're going to sign them, And I think that's what this uh, Split Splitboy is all about You know, it's not something That we need as a squad It's more a case of, you know We think this player's is quite promising And for this price We're willing to, you know Take a risk, take a gamble um, And I think that's what these signings are about Because there's not any particular part of the squad Where you think, oh, well, we need work But at the same time You know, if an asset becomes available For a, a price lower than what you value him at You, you sign them. And um, and um, I've forgotten what I was saying there. Uh, who were we talking about? You were, you were, talking, Scott about you were aye, talking about Scott You And, and then in January, if a team comes in with silly money, I think you just have to sell. You know, if someone comes in with twenty-five million for Maeda, I think you just have to sell and just you know bite the bullet and try your best to replace him because you know money like that. You know, I don't think that will happen. To be fair, Um but you know, if money like that comes in you can't really turn it down because I think what our biggest ever turnover was 105 million or something under Brendan Rodgers so if someone comes in with 25% of that for one player just got to take it
1: yeah it's an interesting one to think about because you know everything about progression with, with Celtic you know and the failures of 10 in a row imploding on us and whatever was because Lawrence was geared towards domestic dominance and success now you get into the Champions League you've had that guaranteed pot of money We've went out and we've spent a bit of it. Um, you know, when did Celtic ever sign two players in one window for £6 a piece each? Not very often. But We've seen that, but to progress and continue to do better and not enter these cycles where, you know, you're out the Champions League for five years, you need to have plans in place that you can move forward. And that's the point that I think Celtic are back at just now, that we need to learn from the mistakes of the past and continue to move on. And if you say... You know, a player comes up that you think you know could be potential for a year's time or whatever, and you're getting them a good price. You now might be the time to get it because we know the market will change in the next week.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, if it, for something that's value for money, grab it. You know, if it's if it's improving our squad. But they, go back to kind of ten and row season. That's when we we changed our transfer approach. Then we didn't sell players when we promised them we'd sell them. <laughs> Ended up being happy players. Players we lost money on was at fourteen million. And in champ, you know. So that's the time we we, we change it. I think we need to face where we are. You know, we've got a model that means we're a selling club, and, and that's the promise to a lot of players. Come here, put yourself in the short window, get a big move. You get a champ chance of Champions League football. You'll win trophies. You know, we're, we're right next door to the, to, to England. You know, a lot of players have ambitions to play there and, and get the crazy wages. So, yeah. What's changed this season is we bought players early, didn't we? You know, we didn't wait to to the last minute to get players in. So, yeah, Michael Nicholson and, and Ange and, and Tosh, you seem to be identifying players and doing deals quickly before the press really get, get a sniff of it. So, yeah, if this young boy at hundred split, if Ange thinks he's going to add, add something to the squad and he's good value, I've no doubt that, that Michael will back him in that. Especially, you know, Julian's out of the door that saves some money. If we can move on to Yeti, there's a few other French players? I think Scott Scott Robertson. I like him as a player, but it just doesn't seem to be in Andy's plans. These are guys that you know could free up you know, a few million for us to reinvest. And if we if we can uncover someone, you know, what was did we pay nine hundred thousand for Winyama, You know, we can spend something like that again and, and turn it at twelve million a few seasons, ideal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's just about getting the right fit. And again, you know that Ange Postacoglu is sport about this. We're not saying bring players in for the sake of it. He's sport about getting the right players in, the right mentality of players. And that's what we want to do. Patty, I've got to come to you on this comment from JR, who asked why did. Does Ange get backed? But he believes that Ronnie Dyer and Brendan Rodgers or Neil Lennon didn't um, communication with the board problem. Do you think this is a, a new era that we're possibly seeing at, at Celtic when we're starting to do things like grown-ups in terms of you've know, got a manager that pretty much has full control, I would say at this point in time, which I think proved to be beneficial for Celtic in the past 20 or so years. If you think about Martin O'Neill, Brendan in that first season, when a manager's got full control, it seems to work. You've also got a supportive CEO in Michael Nicholson, who seems to have a very good relationship with the manager, and you've brought Mark Lowell in. Um, do you think that what Celtic have eventually learned from the mistakes of the past?
2: Um, Well, I'm not sure how true that is, really, that comment, because I think Rodgers and Lennon were backed, eh, in my opinion, anyway. And, you know, this is the first time, you know, in years that we've actually had a net spend, because last year, you know, I think we sold 10 and brought in 12, and we actually made money, because, you know, I think Edward went for something like 17, Ayer went for 13, eh, we get two and a half for Christy, and then, you know, there's a few smaller fees in there, but, you know, that's £30 million. And then you get, you know, you get gate money, you get Europa League money. You know, we made a, we made a profit. We broke our uh, transfer record under Rogers. You know, we signed guys like Sinclair for £3 million, um from Aston Villa. Um, I think in Cham was something like four and a half from Man City. Um, obviously, you've got Edward. Um, so I think we spent money. The under Rogers obviously with Lennon, seven Julian, five Ayeti, five Barkas. Just because they weren't that successful doesn't mean he wasn't backed, you know. I think we all agreed at the time, you know, October 2020 when the window shut and we brought Laxalt and all that and you know I think we paid two million for Duffy for a one-year loan, so we definitely spent the money. It just didn't really work out. Um
0: mobile phone companies say they offer home internet.
2: You know, what is it? A 20 million net spend this summer. So we've, we've spent a lot more, but we know that with the Champions League money, we can afford to do that. Mm. And, um, you know, the last time we qualified for the Champions League, we didn't have much of a, a, a domestic challenge. We do now, you know, every year's a title race. So in order to maintain that Champions League money, we need to spend, you know, uh, speculate to accumulate that sort of thing. Um, you need to make sure that you're finishing first in the league to get that guaranteed 30 million quid. Um, so he's been backed, but I think the last two managers have been backed as well. To be fair,
1: yeah, no, I would agree with that. Certainly, you know, t- towards the, the 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 tail end of that nineteen twenty transfer window, um, that you know we did bring in a lot of players and we spent a lot of money, um, and you know, as Lawrence rightly you said, we changed tack on it and it never worked. So, you know, it, it's nice that we've had that. Um, we've been able to take our take our time get our uh, the players that we've identified as targets in quickly and we've been able to kind of sit back and it's almost felt weird that we've not had these European qualifiers to work, uh, worry about because you were straight bang in um, and, and we might still yet sign someone else over a Haxabanovich, obviously is not in confirmed, i have not seen him with a jersey etc but it does look as if it's going to go. Um, just to update you here from Mark Kendry on Football Scotland being looking at my phone just in case there's any movement with Julian he's said that there is a few bites for a Yeti but nothing concrete yet so there is definitely interest in him which is positive um, in terms of freeing up wages Um, just to kind of look towards Tarnadice on Sunday, Lawrence will be faced in the United as they are in a bit of a rut, you you could say results have not been going well for for Jack Ross um, at this point in time do you think we're facing him at a good time or would you expect a tough old game as you usually do and do you think maybe playing a team that's not expected to win the game it might uh, it might benefit Dundee United and they can just really go for it and raise their game to, to play the champions?
3: Listen, they, they need a result. You know, I think another loss or two, Jack Ross might be heading for the door. It's early it's doors, it depends how much these players are bought in for him but I, I think they'll be fighting for it. I think they're probably more dangerous at, at, at this point when they're desperate for a result than, you know, if it was just normal. Because they're not really expected to take anything from us. You know, and a lot of players might just accept that. But now, the slider on, they really need the result now. And uh, do you think they'll get it? No. And, you know, I feel expected to stay up there and one bit two or three.
5: But,
3: uh, yeah, I expect them to have a go and, and, and make a fight of it time will tell it's it's been a bit of a weird one for United you know, initially a good result in Europe then absolutely hammered you know and I've just had bad results since so yeah, yeah. it's about three points now you know it's it, it early doors you know there's 34 games left but two points clear we just need to keep kind of beat Ross County first yeah. I suppose is the main one isn't it yeah. and then look to day's but Ross County going to be a difficult game. You're going to watch the in a cup, aren't you? It's, uh, yeah. Does it make a difference to the way Ange has got us playing whether United are on a good run or a bad run? Probably not. You know, so more superior to them. Uh, it's about getting the three points, avoiding injury. Uh, you know, I, I don't feel we'll get a first gear yet. I, I, I maybe like them to give us a better chance of challenge the game too to kind
1: of kickstart the team a bit before the Champions League yeah no I think that's a fair enough uh, yeah we we are looking at it I mean I think Patrick and Sunday both of us were at the game you you could tell that that Celtic really weren't out of first gear I think at times until we got that goal it was a bit sticky the game never really got going Hearts did well in just breaking up play they didn't want Celtic to play at all it's how they end up finishing the game with, with nine men in the park due to constant fouls which which Robbie Nielsen thinks that fouls now translate into yellow cards of course and whatnot. Um, so yeah I think as Lawrence says there you know whatever, whatever Dundee United right were coming into this off the back of putting out the, the, the conference League qualifying and uh, you know beating hearts a bit, whatever, I don't think would make much difference I think we'd still go there play their game that's the focus but I think this week is going to be well it's actually six days is going to be really really interesting and going to Tanadice up to Dingwall in the League Cup, then at home to to Rangers in the, the Derby game. And I think that will be the first kinda of marker as to where Celtics are at this season. And then of course you play your first Champions League game after that.
2: Yeah, it's an incredible run of games. You know, I think this is this will be our last midweek off um until well until the the international break, but while domestic football's going on. It's probably until February, February or March. Um, you know, this, the schedule's that hectic. Um, you know, we've got really big tests after after big test. You know, mm-hmm. I expect us to win the derby. You know, we'll talk about that next Tuesday, to be fair. Um, I expect us to win it. Uh, but, you know, it, it'll be a tough game. And then, you know, the, the following Tuesday or Wednesday, you don't know if you're going to be home or away. You don't know if you're going to be playing, you know, you could be playing... Sporting Lisbon or Real Madrid, you know, two, you know, it's going to be a tough game either way. But how tough it is, we don't know yet. Um, the expectation can be very different. But it's going to be, I think the the Champions League takes us right up to the World Cup, I believe, um, and then a few things League's finished. You know, we're off for a month, so it's going to be a hectic eight nine weeks, um, and it will it will probably define our season. But you know, looking forward to it because we've not had a season like this in five years, um big game after big game. So it'll be a good test, but it'll be an interesting
1: one. Yeah, it will be a good test and it will definitely be an interesting one. Lawrence, do you think there'll be any kinda of shake up going into the the, the game at Tanadice? Angie's been, you know, fairly um reliable with his team selection so far going into it. I think maybe the only one you might see coming out the start it might be Rio Hitati for me. What's your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, Joe Hart's gonna start I think the back four picks itself. Callum starts the two midfield positions. I think you know Hatati, yeah, Hattati will come in, yeah, and probably yeah, Riley, yeah, and up front probably Yota, Maeda, Kyogo again. But you know, five out that front six, I expect to get changed. That's a proper squad here, the way Ange plays it. So you expect to see Yakamakis. We expect to see a bad, in bad in
1: the game. Yeah, absolutely.
3: You know, in, who was it? Pacasabanovic is fit. Well, if he's signed and fit, they might even get a glimpse of him.
1: Yeah, it'd be an interesting one. As I say, he was playing a wee bit for, for Jude Gardens towards the end of last season after the Russian clubs were sanctioned and had to send players out in loan. But I think he probably will be a wee while before he gets up to, to speed. But much like Aaron Moy, Lawrence, you might see him just kind of bedded in slowly. Who again? I thought played really well when he came on at the weekend. I think as every passing game goes by, Patty he's he's looking a wee bit sharper and more. And I'm looking forward to possibly seeing him maybe starting Dingwall next Wednesday if I'm going to rotate the team just a wee bit. Um, but did you expect much like myself and Lawrence? Hardly any. If if any changes to just team going up to to Tannadice on Sunday, we know how Bill Turnbull played up there, for instance, last year.
2: Yeah, um, you could see a change to the midfield. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if it actually drops O'Reilly for Hatati, you know, because Turnbull's only just sort of come into the team. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think, you know, I agree with Lawrence. Goalkeeper, back four, stay the same. You could see Yakimakis, but I don't really see why. It's just, you know, one of those ones you don't really know. The two players just as good as each other, really, uh, bring totally the different things. Could see Yakimakis up at Dingwall, Um you know, I might want to save Kyogo for the, the derby next next Saturday. But um, I, you, the midfield three, I think, might change. Um, But apart from that, I think the rest of the team will largely stay the same.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting want to keep an eye on. It. It'll be interesting to see what happens with transfer. Incomings, outgoings this week, we hope that we do see Sia attacks to Barnovich and giving White Hoops at some point this week. It looks as if the deal's all but done. Chris Julian might be off by the time, we're on next week, gentlemen. We might have actually seen him featured for his new club in France for Montpellier at the weekend. Um And you never know, Albin Aieti also might be for the offscape Thank you to everyone, as always, for joining us in the comments. Your chat's always very good. Um It's another big week for Celtic. I'm sure we'll be here every step of the way and the build-up to the draw and after the draw. Um, we'll be keeping you up to date for the game at Tannadise on Sunday and we'll be looking forward to those Champions League clashes um, which are coming up so once again thank you for watching please do like the video subscribe to the channel if you haven't already Patrick Lawrence thank you for joining me on the Tuesday Bulletin